0: get time. Uh, you got to not give a fuck if you live or die. Uh, you got to get to where nothing means
1: nothing. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. You're not where nothing means nothing. You're where podcasts mean something. I don't know. I don't know exactly where you are or where you want to be, but you're listening to Getting It Out Podcast, and that was sheer force with streets of pain. That's a new track from their new EP, a three-song EP. I don't want to call it a demo because it's not their first. So I'm removing the demo tag from it. Not that anybody put it there. And I'm calling it an EP. Three quick tracks, Streets of Pain, The Long Dark, Against My Will. All of them are great. That one was the quickest, but I think it was the best. It kicks off the EP uh, for San Antonio hardcore. And uh, I think it's pretty sweet. Coming out now... Well, it's available now to listen to, to stream everywhere from From Within Records, but the tape is still available for pre-order, ships out next month, so go check them out if you haven't yet. A band that was emailed to me by the members themselves, and I'm very happy they did because I missed it. I'm usually pretty up to speed on what's on the From Within roster, but I missed Sheer Force, so I didn't want you guys to miss them like I did. Again, that track, Streets of Pain, from the Streets of Pain EP, out now on From Within Records. Check it out. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking more hardcore. We're talking to James from Ends of Sanity. They're a hardcore band based out of North Carolina. And they've got a new EP on days called Eligible to Die. We're going to talk all about that. But first, let's go over to New Jersey and check in with Hot Zone.
0: Check it! Big family out a friends. Big friends out. My family make friends till they bury all the places we've been. We're never sitting it we it in it out. We'll be getting it in. Why you getting it out? Get all the places we been. are never sitting in it out. we be getting in. are you getting it out?
1: It's time for another episode of the podcast and another opportunity for me to talk basketball at no one. Yeah. Last night was the draft, the NBA draft. The season never ends. There's been a bunch of trades, too. I don't feel like talking about that at the moment. But the NBA draft was last night. First three picks went as expected. Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama, I'm going to get that right, to the San Antonio Spurs, Brandon Miller, to the Charlotte Hornets, and Scoot Henderson to the Portland Trailblazers. Hopefully... That means that last one means that Damian Lillard is heading out of Portland and going somewhere where he can actually win. No, I'm not implying he should come to Philadelphia. I think I'm over that. I don't know what I want for the Sixers this year. I think I just want them to kind of suck for a year. Just just uh, lay low, take a, take a year off. Um, of course, Embiid would ask for a trade at the end of that year. I'd rather that not happen. So we might as well just trade him now. Let's trade him for Zion. All right, his stock's low and stock is high. Let's just do it. Let's get Zion in a couple picks, and uh, start this whole thing over. Tyrese Maxey and Zion Williamson. I like that pairing. Why? I don't know. A defense would suffer, but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, let's just mix mix it up. Anyway, uh, it was it was cool to see picks number four and five, which were twins. Amen and Alsuar Thompson uh, both got drafted by the by the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons, respectively. Uh, that's definitely never happened. I'm sure. Brothers may have been drafted in the same draft before. Probably not. Uh, but definitely twins were not drafted pick after pick. That's So that was really interesting. Uh, very cool. Uh, but uh, there was there was the other trades, like I mentioned. Chris Paul moved teams 16 times in a couple of days. And, uh, and Bradley Beal went to the Phoenix Suns. All things that I don't think are really going to matter. I don't think any of those teams are competing. But whatever. We'll see. I mean, that's a little ignorant for me to say that of the Suns. Who were my childhood team? By the way, have I mentioned before I have a I have a hat? It's signed by uh, NFL coach Andy Reid, former Eagles coach, current Chiefs coach. It's signed by Andy Reid, but it is a Phoenix Suns hat, and my sister bought it at his yard sale uh, when he was <laughs> when he moved from from Philly to Kansas City. Uh, they had a yard sale at his house, and he signed all his items, and so I have this strange hat. And I think it's funny, and I like talking about it, and I just did. But you know what else I like talking about? Hardcore. And on this episode, I'm talking to James, the vocalist from Ends of Sanity. We're talking about their new EP, Eligible to Die. It's out now on Days. They kind of surprise released it a couple weeks ago. An EP in the middle of the week, Eligible to Die. It's for maybe five songs. Let me check here. Let me double check for five songs officially and uh, I want to play you one of those tracks. It's heavy North Carolina hardcore, uh, like I've never heard before. i got to give North Carolina, the state, more credit, so I'm starting right now. The heaviest hardcore to ever come out of North Carolina? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to be the judge of that, but I am going to say it, and I'll let you be the judge of it. So here is the title track from that EP, Eligible to Die, and then my conversation with James. you find hardcore music what was your what was your entry point
2: um well it was kind of like a uh, typical like some buddies were going to a show and i was like already into like aggressive music at the time uh but it was like a vfw hall show on long island with uh it's like stray from the path um this is hell ruiner and someone else and uh my buddies were just hey we're going to the show at the time i was just kind of like into metal and uh i kind of tagged along kind of knowing what was going on kind of just wanting to know a little more and that was like kind of my first hardcore show and that was like 2007 or 8. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest i was i was pretty scared because <laughs> i was young i think i was 14 and like like ambulances had to come and dudes were getting knocked out. And like, as a kid, it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, but uh, pretty shortly after that, a good friend of mine started a band and they were looking for a singer. Um, I was just 16 at the time. And uh, I like tried out um, for the band. Like I literally had a microphone in the closet and I was like singing a trapped in the rice and have heart song that they showed me like 30 minutes prior. And like that first band was like, we covered hate breed in the band. We covered integrity. And like, I was kind of marauder. I was like learning about those bands as they were like, Hey, let's cover this band. And so I guess I, I really like, Oh, discovering hardcore to that band. And we were called scourge. Um, with a C, not a K. I know there's an active band in, yeah. in from Texas called um, So yeah, I I really kind of was learning about hardcore through being in that band. Um, so yeah,
1: that's very cool. And that that time period you're talking about, uh, the I don't know what would we say, late 2000s. That's like when I was in the most. I'd say that's like when I was like balls deep in it all the time. That's all I gave a shit about. I often blame. Or I also often say that that's when I cared way too much about hardcore. It's all I all I wanted to do, all I wanted to, you know, listen to, go see. And I feel like it's stepping back a couple of years. So I blame it for a little bit. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, but 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 it was a fun time. <clears throat> this is hell. At one point felt like they played a residency down here in central Pennsylvania at the championship, which was this venue we had. Uh, that was killer every band used to play here all the time but this is hell was a band that was here like all the fucking time and Mm -hmm. it's funny though because i know that they are a long island band right Mm -hmm. i don't i feel like i don't often hear them come up in the conversation for long island
2: bands though yeah i mean i think i'd have to agree and it's strange because Growing up on Long Island, like the a, the basis of that band was like a substitute teacher of mine in junior high school, all right. um, and then I became friendly with some of the other dudes um, in the band. But like, there was a time where it was like there was no one bigger than them on Long Island. I think I think they kind of changed direction a little bit, and maybe because of sure. that, and like the way they went out, maybe they don't get brought up as much. But like, if you're from the area, I mean, I, I definitely think they still have all the love and respect. From from everybody for sure. Cool, cool.
1: They they were they were well liked down here because we had a Long Island guy living here. So that that knew those guys. So so that was like the connection in here. And uh, you know, so anyway, it just felt like they were here all the time. But as that's a that's a band that was cool for the era. I don't I think they're long gone, right? The, the, I don't think they're doing shit anymore, but they, they actually they
2: were... just announced a <laughs> long <long-term>
1: show. <laughs> well fuck. See how out of touch I am.
2: With uh, stretch armstrong, I think.
1: Oh, I uh, saw so yeah, Stretch Armstrong's coming up north and doing like with honor Stretch yeah. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I did, It's I did, part see of that. that. They're
2: playing Long Island it, So yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Everybody well, everybody comes back, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I saw a little discussion earlier today somewhere on the internet about what bands you want to see. And the one that I always come back to, uh, as far as hardcore bands, the only one that I can think of that hasn't, but it's but it's not true, even even I'm uh I'm Uh, What's the word? Contradicting myself by saying that anyway, is Dag Nasty with Dave Smalley. I always say I want to see that version of Dag Nasty, but they have come back like they did like two reunion albums. It was just kind of before I was even into it. But anyway, talk about some shit that you're actually doing now. When does when does Ends of Sanity start? Is that does that start after you make the move down to North Carolina?
2: Oh, yeah. Way after I moved here in 2000, tail end of 2016, I think. And uh, it was when I was still playing in my other band. Um, we were called Detriment. I sang that band as well. That was mm-hmm. like a, a Long Island band. Um, we we started 2020. Um, it was very much just like a, I'm bored. I want to make some music. Quarantine project. Remember, like 2020. Like every other week, there was like a quarantine demo. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It was like that was my only intention. Like, it was like, I'm fucking bored. I have nowhere to put my creativity I wasn't working. Wasn't hanging out with people. I hadn't done a band at that point in like three and a half years. Um, So I just wanted somewhere to put that energy. So called a few buddies. I I was pretty much doing all of the skeleton. Uh, I was like making all the skeletons of the songs uh, with myself and the guitar player, Garrett. And then from there, we kind of, we called, uh, I hit up Cameron, who was at the time playing bass and magnitude to play drums. Uh, My buddy Ridge, who plays in Life's Question and Pain of Truth, asked him to do bass. He also has done like all the artwork for our stuff. And then Ian, who plays guitar in the band, um, you know, asked him to play guitar. So it was like the two of us were kind of making everything. And then kind of once we got to the studio, everybody else their own you know input on um but yeah so it started started 2020 the first ep came out in 2021 and then we actually didn't play a first show until like almost 10 months later our first show mm-hmm. was october of uh of 2020 21 and it came out in january 2021
1: gotcha all right so so i'm I'm kind of right on my timeline in my head of when I think I heard about you guys and you know when when you got on my radar and. uh It's interesting to hear you speak on the guys you were playing with and what bands they were in, because I don't I'm like out of touch in a way that I used to be able to look at, uh, you know, a a name, a a list of the band members who are in a band and go, oh, I associate that person with this band, this band, this band, this band. But with but I'm too out of it now. Right. So when I looked at or when you list that name, those names off, though, and what they do play in and I hear magnitude and I hear Ridge from Life's Question and uh, like it's like, okay. Now it makes sense why this is so good. Be Hearing that you guys were, and I mean that and that you guys all came in with experience and wrote a killer EP right away. You, you know, it typically doesn't happen. Typically we get, you know, you get some shitty demos with, from a new band first before they write something killer. And to me, it seemed like that first EP right away was like, was like a high level hardcore. And uh, I guess it all makes sense now.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh, they're actually not. So Ridge and and Cameron are actually not in the band. Cameron was, like I said, he, like a week before we recorded, I had like, I demoed out all the drums, like on an electric Mm -hmm. drum set. And then like a week before we recorded, he like mapped out his own drums, played the first show and then left this band. I think he also left Magnitude and started tattooing he's been really killing it in that world um so he only did one show with us and then ridge also i think only did that one show with us and um so now we have uh a dude named cam playing bass and then jeremy white who produced both uh releases for us and then now he's the drummer of the band but he actually played bass for a bit um so there's there's a pretty significant like difference if you listen back to back to like the drumming styles i feel like we're pretty fortunate because i think both of them are absolute machines on the drums and they're so fucking good but they're such different like they have such different styles um but so that's the current lineup but like i said i i think we're we're pretty fortunate because the the musicianship in the band i think has just been been pretty good and i can say that because i'm i don't play an instrument in the band so i'm talking about all of them and not myself
1: doing vocals is hard i do vocals in in a baltimore band for a little bit and it's fucking tough man i i i I was very bad at it and didn't do it for long but man i i think vocalists don't get enough credit and how hard it is at least to fucking perform to be on stage and do it that's that's a tough job
2: yeah. Yeah. It, 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 definitely can be. And if you're out of shape, you're going to, you're going to feel it pretty quick.
1: Well, back then I was only smoking like pack and a half a day and jump, you know, like the worst health I've ever been. Probably, you know, yeah. I'd probably be better at it now, nearly 15 years later, uh, what, you know, <laughs> in the best shape I've ever been in, not smoking and everything, but not, not going to yeah. give them, give it a shot. Um, so when ends of sanity gets together, when you start working on this stuff or coming up with, you know, demos, what what was the intention? What did you want to make it sound like?
2: Um, so me and Garrett, like I said, we were the two to kind of just like make all the skeletons, like every song on the first EP we had demos of, and it was pretty much just us making those in my garage, but we were actually doing like a doom metal black label society type hmm band like that was what we had started jamming on and then one day we were just like yo like let's make a band like it just wasn't really working we weren't really super excited about it we're like let's make a band that you could like work out to it's got like hatebreed worship but it's not like overly corny I feel like a lot of people are like oh we're influenced by hatebreed but it's kind of just like hardcore like I intentionally like came up with riffs that were like pretty fucking close to Heybreed riffs. Like I wanted it to be pretty like, you know, and that first release, a lot of people were like, it sounds like Heybreed feels like Heybreed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's You could hear it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like the, the, the influence is obviously there, but the intention was literally make a demo and be a local band. Like the intention was we want to open shows in our area because there also was, I felt like a lack of bands in North Carolina, um, And yeah, we we just kind of wanted to be like a local band. And it's only been pretty recently that we've done things beyond like being a local band. But the the absolute intention was put out a release and maybe open some shows in Afghanistan. That was that was all we aspired to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you went farther than that almost immediately, it seems like maybe not not necessarily as far as playing out, but (laughs) The the name got out there pretty quick, at least in, from my perspective. Uh, but again, I I really liked it. Like you said, the the uh, the Hay-Bread stuff is there. But I hear I just hear a lot of Connecticut hardcore. It seems like, but I mean, I know Hatebreed is a fucking Connecticut band, so whatever. Yeah. I guess that's the same fucking thing. Um, right. But but uh, but I really dig it. It's really heavy without being fucking corny, and that's the thing. You you brought up a great point. Is uh, a lot of times heavy hardcore like heavy heavy hardcore just if it's not beat down which sucks then it's then it's just like some corny I don't know do we even use the phrase tough guy shit anymore I don't think we do but but you evade all that and and just came up with something that seems like fresh and real and actually sounds good too which I think is, uh, is is maybe a testament to the experience that you guys brought into the band but uh the The idea to, like, open shows, I think that's a very cool thing and a very realistic thing, because a lot of people come into these bands, especially a hardcore bands, saying they want to do unrealistic things. Do you think that's just something that you knew because of your experience that you're just kind of – and maybe your age, that this is the right way to go about it?
2: Well, it was more so I didn't want to. Like, I did the whole, like, my old band – we did the full us tours we did some support tours we did canadian tours we did european tours we did the whole like let's fucking hit it and i'm at a point in my life where i didn't want to do that cuz i already did it and i didn't have the time to do it but i also just didn't have the like the drive to do it like you know i'm in a few months i'm 30 you know i've got a kid i've i've got a job that i put a lot of time into that i really love a lot of the other dudes are in a similar situation. Um, but yeah, I mean that the other thing was like, I thought it was, I thought it would be a fun thing to try and like completely remove any expectations because when I was younger, it was the opposite, you know, like when you're a a young dude in a band and all you want to do is grind, like you want to do that to, to get something out of it. And like, I didn't want that this time. It was like, I just want to put it out. If people like it, that's cool. If people don't like it, that's also cool. If we get asked to play a few shows in North Carolina, like that would be awesome. And um, I think that also just might be a part of like getting older and being around this for a long time because I think, and it's it's totally fair, but I just, I don't think many younger people getting into this would, would have that mindset because it's like, I fucking want this. And again, like that's dope but this is just me at a different point in my life. And we're now starting to like, you know, like mad ball, uh, pain of truth. And us did like, we played, uh, we played Pennsylvania. Actually we played Baltimore. Uh, and we did, yeah. Um, yeah. And we did North Carolina with them and like that just doing a weekend tour was like, we never thought we would do that. We kind of said we wouldn't do that, but like, right. If Madball asks you, you're not gonna say no. <laughs> so, like, yeah. why the fuck not? Um, so, it, it's definitely shifting a little bit now. Uh, sorry to like jump all over the place, but uh, it's like we're still very much in the mindset of like uh, intentional and part time. Like, like we've been a band technically now for two and a half years, and I think we just played. Uh, we just played tied down in Detroit. Um, I think that was our eleventh show. Um, so, you know, after two and a half years, 11 shows, dozen shows, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty low. Pretty, yeah. Pretty yeah.
1: I like, I like it though. And that's, I feel like that's something though, like what you're talking about, the expectations, not even really having any expectations is such a cool thing, but only a thing, which I was kind of getting to before that you come to from the experience of the opposite. Yeah. And, uh, that's basically what you were just saying, but, and, and I find it often, is the case when talking to people that have been in bands for a long time or different bands or whatever, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of the wisdom that comes with been there, done that shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, uh, you mentioned like, there's not a lot, or I don't know how exactly you said it, but you mentioned the lack of hardcore bands in North Carolina or the Carolinas in general. What, what is that? Why do you think that is coming from like a, and I asked that coming from, like the areas like you and I come from where I've lived in, where it's where it's dime a dozen. Why do you think it's not the case down there?
2: Well, I, I don't know. It was I guess what I more so meant was that like there's definitely bands. Um, I just feel like there wasn't a like local band that people were like stoked on. That wasn't yeah. one of those only plays. And there's nothing wrong with it. But like, you know, you get to a level as a band and you only want to play. Your area, you know, maybe three times a year or something. And again, like that's cool. And I totally understand why bands want to do that. But I was like, I know that we could make something halfway decent. And I have a feeling kids would be like a little stoked on it. And it excited me to think about being in a local band that kids were stoked about that could play often mm-hmm. and not just another like either local band that kids don't really mess with or like that mid-sized level band that you only get to see twice a year. Yeah. You know, Okay. Um, and truthfully, we, we don't really get asked to play a lot of shows, um, in North Carolina. And I used to book a lot of the shows. So I put us on like the first show we ever played was a benefit of the show for our guitarist girlfriend. We were raising money for her cancer treatment. And then, um, I think we've only played North Carolina three other times, but you know, if, if someone asks and there's a cool show, like we'll, we'll play, but, uh, you know, we, we really haven't gotten asked too much, but, um, I think it's also like there's, you know, there's fading signal does a lot. They play a lot. They're, they're doing really cool stuff. And I feel like people are pretty excited about them. Invoke doesn't play that much, but again, I understand they've been a band for a while and when they play kids are excited, they bring kids out. So when, when you're at that level, you know, you don't want to play five times a fucking month. Um, they're actually playing our record release and they just played like two days ago with magnitude again, magnitude, they don't play much and I completely understand it. So I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I don't, um, I don't really know. I think, I think a lot of people in hardcore are all starting to like figure out the, the secret recipes or they yeah, think like the they, formulas. They yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like a, there's this new like era where like people just think they have all the answers and a, I don't think they do, but B I think a lot of people are just like, I feel like it used to be a little more ignorant in the sense of like, you just fucking played. You didn't really think too much about it. You just played shows. Right. And And now
1: it's a, sorry to cut you off, but now it's a like work hard, not or work smart, not hard thing instead of just a, grind it out it's uh, a
2: totally. and i think that works if people care about your band but if no one gives a shit it doesn't fucking matter
1: <laughs> i also think it can't work if everybody's doing it exactly yeah. that too. there's gotta yeah. be there's gotta be some bands that are just fucking road dogging it right
2: totally. and yeah yeah
1: i don't want to be those <laughs> like i understand not wanting to be that i understand wanting to do the one show here and there like that seems like the better model and yeah. uh at least to be a uh, what's what's the word? I don't want to say successful, but to have a comfortable life—that seems like the better, the better route. But uh, yeah. but I, I like I like what you're saying here. I, it's it's a cool perspective, a cool way to jump into a band, especially a hardcore band. I guess it could. I feel like it could only go so far, though. Maybe I don't know. Like if if you're if ends of sanity keeps gaining steam, how are you gonna like? You're gonna keep fucking people up with everybody that plays after you you know what I mean? you know what I mean on the bill if like if you guys are so big locally and I know you're not saying you're trying to get big locally I'm just saying hypothetically you could become it could become like a a top heavy situation
2: yeah maybe I mean the last time we that's played, a good problem for you though <laughs> yeah but potentially the last the last time we played I mean we're definitely at a point now where like you know if someone asked us to open a show and it made sense we'll do it but like the next show that we're doing is our record release show and, and we're headlining and it's it's you know it'll be the first time that we've played a headlining slot i guess in in this state so we'll see how it goes
1: that's a cool place to be though you know what is is always cool to have though is that cool that good band that everybody loves locally that can headline pretty much every show and you bring the touring bands in and play underneath them but that's a you need the right the right thing happening in the scene for that to work but but anyway, I don't know I don't know what's happening down in North Carolina, but it sounds like cuz when you look when you when I say like I can't think of many North Carolina hardcore bands, but then you sit there and you list them off and I go, "Oh, I know that. One I know that. One I know that. One." You know, there's more than there's more than comes to mind off the top of my head. It's just when I think in the in as like a Pennsylvania person or a New York person or a Baltimore person, it's like there's one after another, but <laughs> whatever my my point is that i i am ignorant towards the bands that are, the good bands that are coming out of north carolina when you list them i get it but anyway.
0: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
1: Wait, like, tell me about this new EP. It's uh five songs, I want to say. And yep. I've listened to it a ton and uh it's it picks kind of up right where you left off with the previous four. This one, both of them were on days, right? Yep. Yep. So so just tell me about the, putting these together, these tracks together.
2: I, well, I uh you know, we played for almost it was two it was like two years of playing the same seven minute set. And <laughs> there definitely was a point where we were like, all right, we got to fucking do something like, like this, you know, we should probably make more music. Um, I didn't think we'd ever make anything past that first EP, to be honest. That that wasn't really like the, the plan. But um, like I said, when Jeremy kind of joined the band, um, if you notice, like the first EP is very like, simple things are very like cut and dry there's not a lot of like crazy technicality and stuff and that was intentional like I can't play technical stuff Garrett the guitar player definitely can but when I would make skeletons or when he would make skeletons with me like I tried to keep it super simple and then when Jeremy came on board he's like he thinks of shit that I like I don't even understand and sometimes to the point where I'm like hey let's dial it back but this EP was like, I was a real control freak for the first one with everything down to like the way the art looks, the, the track names, like every, I was pretty much in control of everything. And this one, I really let up a little bit. Like I, I, I was, I was a big part of writing like two of the tracks, but the rest was really a collaborative effort. And we didn't do that with the last one. So the biggest difference for this one is everybody had a say in the riffs, the structures. I, I actually, um, you know, I asked their opinions on like lyrics and cadences and, um, I had everybody come in for like group vocals. And I, I I also think I really relied on Jeremy for like, does this sound cool? Does this not sound cool? So the biggest difference was way more collaborative. The first one was really just two people writing the whole thing. Um, with this, I wouldn't say there really was any intention. It was just like, we obviously need more fucking music because we have seven songs of uh, seven minutes of music. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think it's just objectively better. Like, I think if you listen back to back, like it's, there's, there's pretty obvious step ups. Like Jeremy has gotten worlds better. Not that he was bad, but like, just in terms of the recording quality, I think it sounds like a big step up and, um, yeah. I, I don't know if that answered your question. I feel
1: like I went it, on. It, I don't remember what my question was, so it's good. <laughs> it's, it's
2: good. <laughs> well, that works. <laughs>
1: Dude, I, I always say this to everybody when I talk to them and, or when I do these and they're like, oh, I rambled a bit. Rambling's perfect. Don't worry about rambling. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's cool. ideal. You know, I say something and you talk for 20 minutes. That's perfect. Um, but not that you did that. But the, but you did mention the, uh, you know, playing playing same four songs for seven minutes. And I thought about that while listening to your full discography today, just, you know, kind of on repeat. And I was like, this is even with these, uh, other, what is it? 13 minutes. Um, you're still at like 20 minutes total of, uh, of tracks between.
2: Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of right where you want to be as far as a set list too. And if you can hit every, uh, every track, that's a, that's a good thing, as long as they're all good. And I think you've succeeded. But I do see what you're saying as far as the step up, the evolution in the sound from EP one to EP two. Which, by the way, we keep I keep, keep glossing over the titles. Eligible to die is the is the new one, uh, yeah. Which is an interesting title. Tell me about naming the record. That
2: yeah, um, you know we are all mortal. <laughs> and I don't think we think about it enough in everyday life, and it's it's not in like a um, the whole the overall theme of this band has been very like positive, but in like a re- a realistic aspect, not in like a you know nothing goes wrong, but like what how to deal with it when things do go wrong, and you know finding the the good and the bad, but. I mean, the, the title is like, first of all, the, the idea of naming a fucking record was so, like, I hated it. Like, I, the, fir- the EP is self-titled because, like, I don't, I don't like naming things. I, I, I overthink shit a lot. And I, I don't know, but it was like, it was the first track and I just felt like it kind of encompassed, like, the overall theme of the record. Like, the whole record is not about, uh, recognizing that we die or anything but this the lyrical content of this was was definitely more dark than the first one and I think it, it was like the biggest thing that I resonated with personally making the lyrics to this and um, I just think it kind of sounds cool too you know like it's it's a weird way to 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 phrase it but when you like dissect it it's like oh like yeah everyone thinks about that but I I just kind of wanted to highlight that like you know we are all, you know, this, this happens to everybody. Right. And ready uh, or not. You're <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're ready to die. You are eligible. We are all. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, whether it sounds weird to say or not, I mean, I think you have to think about if something sounds like cool or not. And I think mm-hmm. to me, it's it kind of sounded cool. It sounded like a cool way to talk about, you know, um, just being aware because I think it opens up like, people can live their lives differently when you, when you start to think about things that way. Like if every day you're, you're not thinking about that, you might be taking advantage of your time or you might be taking advantage of someone else's time. But if you're conscious of like, damn, like I'm going to fucking die. Like maybe you call someone today that you Mm have not called, or maybe you work a little bit harder at something, or maybe you don't pay mind to something because at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. So, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty big theme in my life. That's really, um, I've been thinking about as I get older. So I, I kind of just, you know, ran with it.
1: I like it. I like it. Uh, part of that, part of the reason that I like it so much is I was recently in a situation where, uh, I was worried about one of my kids and, uh, you know, their and how, whether or not they would, uh, survive uh not not this it was just a thought you know there was a thing whatever i'm, I'm trying to be vague on, on purpose um and i didn't give a shit about anything else it was like nothing right. nothing else matters i don't give a fuck i got up i got up one day at my job and i just walked out the door like you know, and like i had to like i don't give a fuck about any of this this doesn't matter this is my concern and you know and right. and f- so for for me for and The reason why this, what you're talking about resonates with me is for like three weeks until I got the okay. everything's all in the clear. That's all I give a fuck about. And that's all like that's what was on my mind was ready or not. This is a possibility. And that's a fucking weird place to be put. And uh, but it's a real place that many people are put there every single day, whether they want to be or not. And that's so that's, I think, why the the one of the reasons why the name of this record kind of clicked with me
2: that's really interesting i mean i'm super glad everything turned out okay for you obviously that's yeah that's fucking stuff um <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I, mean, I think it's definitely something that people you know they can definitely think about and maybe it it, it resonates with them in a, in a different kind of way for everybody but you know it's uh you gotta accept it and it's different for everybody, but it's just, uh, it's just, it's one of those things. No one, you know, like I, the first line of the track is, um, did you think you were exempt? You know, cause it's like right. people, a lot, I, a lot of people walk around as if it's not going to happen, you know? And mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a reminder that like, Hey man, or, you know, whoever you're talking to, um, it's going to happen. So act accordingly. Live accordingly, I should say.
1: Yeah, no, no. It's a it's it's a thing that we, you know, it's it's it sucks to be reminded of, but when you need to be, you know, so sometimes we need a reminder. Um eligible to die, I guess officially came out uh May 31st digitally at least. I see that it's still up for I think pre-order through days. Is that is it still pre-order official or is that actually out there?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, We'll have the CDs by the record release show. Um, And I think the plan with days is like, if there's enough demand, um, he's going to do some vinyl, but he kind of wanted to just start with the CD to see, you know, if people were feeling it because, you know, it's, it's expensive to produce vinyl and stuff. So Uh, still, still waiting for that. I've had some people ask, um, but yeah, we will, we'll definitely have CDs by next month, which I'm excited to get my hands on.
1: And that kind of brings me to one of the questions i like to ask everybody who's releasing new music. And even though yours is already out there for people to hear. So either retroactively or in anticipation of what are you most excited about for the release of Eligible to Die? Like what about releasing this record
2: excites you? Um, Sharing something that I created with people that... I love and inspire me, honestly. Um it's not really the like playing a cool show or like selling a t-shirt or selling a CD that like gets me excited. It's just the fact that like the experience of creating music with people is so just it's just the coolest thing to me. Like it's it's so cool that a group of people can just like think of something in their in their heads and like put it onto an instrument and then record it and like get together and, you know, you know, ask a buddy to, to draw something up. And like that, to me, just sharing that is the exciting part. Like I, uh, the album cover is the city that I live in. It's the skyline. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I went down to, uh, to downtown and I just took a picture on my phone. Um, and I sent it to Ridge. Um, who does our artwork and I was like yo like make it look like the apocalypse is happening in this in this town Um, and like to me just just being able to post that and like knowing how it was created like that's really the most exciting part like I said like you know when people buy shirts it's awesome and I'm, I'm super appreciative and a lot of people have been listening to it and sharing it and saying nice things and that's super cool but the most exciting part for me personally is just like sharing what, what we were able to make with each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. I get totally get that. That's very cool. Um, I saw that you, or you mentioned, and I had also seen that you guys uh, played Tied Down Fest. So that was out in Detroit, which I have to guess is the farthest you've taken this band yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Um, yeah,
2: it is. Well, we played in Chicago. It's kind of like the same. pretty but- close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, just tell you, How did that go being a band that doesn't play out much? Actually, because, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who was there earlier today and he was telling me about the Baltimore bands that were uh, that were there because he knows that's where my interests lie. And uh, I said, what? And I asked him specifically, did you you check out Enzo And He said, actually, you were the first band that played when he got there or I don't know where you were at in the lineup, but he was first. you were the first band that he saw. And he said, you guys were great. So I'm curious for from your perspective, how that went that show way out there.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Jimmy and Curtis, who put the fest together, did a fucking great job. Um, Like, in terms of like playing, it was ran so perfectly. There was like no hiccups. It was such an accommodating event. If you if you played and like attended, I guess as well. Um, We played super early, which, you know, to be expected, we were a pretty new band that doesn't play much, but we played at like 140. And, I mean, definitely exceeded expectations. Like, kids were moving the whole time. Kids were singing along the whole time. And this was, you know, four days after the EP came out. Um, mm-hmm. People definitely seemed pretty stoked. It was really cool of Jimmy and to even put us on just because, like, they had asked us to play when, like, we did the Rumble um, as well last year. But, like, you know, we haven't really done festivals and stuff. So, like, it was, it was really cool to be included but it was fucking great like pro- probably top three shows i've ever played in my life and you know i've been playing in bands for like 14 years um so it was like half of your life yeah yeah it was fucking awesome like it was it was so great we sold a ton of merch the vibe was great like I, I can't say enough good things it was fucking awesome
1: very cool um t- you mentioned so you played that and you played the rumble last year, or whatever, the last rumble, whatever it was. Um and I had something that written down here that I wanted to ask you because I'm it's curious, I'm curious always with newer bands, not maybe not newer bands, any bands really, how you value the United States hardcore fest circuit thing. Like where does that is that an important thing that you want to get ends of sanity Part of it seems like it's a damned if you do damned if you don't thing i don't know i just so just curious from a band perspective how you view playing or being part of all these fests
2: i think it's great i mean like i said we've only played two of them i'd be happy to play any more of them but i I think it's great i mean just attending them it's a big reunion with people Mm -hmm. that you haven't seen in a few years or it's you know a bunch of people coming together that you may not have seen in the same room. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Uh, I'd be happy to play any again, but it's not like if we don't, that I feel like the band is doomed or something like that, you know? Like it's, I think they're great. Um, I think sometimes they can hurt if it's like, you know, it takes a lot to put on a festival. It takes a lot to put on a a great festival. Um, and I also think like, there's a lot of newer ones that might pop up that don't really stick around because it's mm-hmm. just so difficult. Yeah. There's so much money and there's a lot of competition, but I think they're great. I, I, uh, the, the jump too that they had from the first one to this one, like I'd, they're in a really, really good place. So I, I'd be shocked if it didn't, it didn't say that way, but yeah, I, I think the festivals are great. I mean, I think playing to fucking 40 people is cool if, if the vibe is good, I think playing a festival to a thousand people is also just as cool.
1: Fair enough. I think I think it's better, but I have uh, but I have no real preference on it uh, as as a spectator. I guess it's just I don't know. Maybe sometimes I like those smaller shows, but going to those big ones and living in this area kind of gets spoiled. Where it was Super Bowl stuff in New York. This is hardcore in Philly. With plenty of stuff. You know, like it was in the northeast whatever we're going to call it the mid-atlantic all these options are always there so i think it's cool for um for sure for other parts of the country like i love seeing that the fest pop up in fucking oklahoma or what's ldb out there you know like the places that previously weren't considered a place to go now have this whole this whole like thing that can build around it's very cool so speaking of um the record it came out officially uh, a couple weeks ago two weeks ago i guess uh, almost exactly as that 14 days yeah sure um yeah because it was released on a it wasn't released on a uh on a friday days doesn't do friday releases i've noticed which is a seems to be a days thing
2: yeah we, we put it out on the uh the wednesday because that was uh it was like three days before we we were going to play tied down mm, so okay yeah Like we, we, we made like the release plan was around playing that show. So, Hmm. and I I, I bet money that if we didn't put it out like that, our fest would have been like, it would have had like half the energy it had. Um, I think it was just, we were fresh in most people's minds because it had just came out and people were sharing it around. And, um, so that was, that was Dave's Lumpy's idea. Um, because originally we were just going to put out a song, but then he's like, yo, fuck it. Let's just put out the whole thing. And that's what we did for the first one. It was just, boom, here's a brand new EP. And that's what Mm -hmm. we did this time. Maybe it's just something we'll keep doing. I think it works. I like it, yeah. It's it's exciting for people to be like, oh, I have like 13 minutes of music I can listen to today that I wasn't even expecting, as opposed to like, here's two minutes. And then next month we'll give you another two minutes.
1: Well, especially in the in the form of a EP, something about like, uh, I think the preferred way to uh, consume hardcore is like in a, this, the seven inch, the EP, right? But it's better than like, it's short, but it's better than fucking one minute, two minutes, you know? So like, like you're saying, I just think it's I think it's cooler, fuck the single. Just give me the whole five minutes right now, the whole seven minutes right now, 13 minutes right now, whatever. and. uh yep. And that all up front. And that's that's the way to do it, especially with how quick, how short our fucking attention spans are and how how much music is released all the fucking time. Yeah. To remember that this oh, we got one single and then two weeks later, we got another one and two weeks after that there's another one. You know, yeah. that's hard to keep a keep a, re- a release in your mind and things fall away pretty quick. But but I don't think that's going to happen with this one. Cause I think it's a, it's a heavy hitter and it's a cool one. Is there a spe- specific thing, uh message, whatever, maybe it's just exactly what you talked about before, but that you would want somebody to walk away listening uh, to this EP with, did I say, did I make sense? What is it said?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's positivity, you know, like positive aggression. Um, You know, I mean, I don't think there's any lyric in there or riff that's going to really change someone's life. Um, But I think it's real, you know, it's authentic, it's genuine. It's like I the other bands I've done, I was a lot younger and I think I had a lot less experience. And I and I was just like, does this rhyme? Does this sound cool? (laughs) And I'd write it on a piece of paper. But like these are all very real to me. Um, the words I'm saying, like, they're not made up stories. They're my, my feelings and it's, it's, it's it's pretty vulnerable. Um, so I just, I'd like for someone to feel positive after this. Like I said, it's, it pumps you up and it's heavy and it's definitely like you dance around to it, but like the, the theme is definitely positivity. So I, I'd say probably, I just want someone to feel positive, feel like they can listen to this and they could fucking you know, get the job they want or they listen to this and they hit a new fucking PR at the gym, you know, like I definitely want to have something positive for sure.
1: That's very cool. Very, very nice thing to want from something you put out into the world uh, where I know a lot of people just want to see people jump on each other's heads. And I'm sure that's part of it too, but, you know, uh, all right, last question. Uh, Anything that, and only of course, where you can speak about, uh, what's, what's ahead for ends of sanity in the year twenty twenty
2: three? Not a whole lot, which is in typical ends of sounding fashion. Um, we have, uh, I mean, we got the record release show next month and then we're going to do, we're playing New York. We're playing long Island, um, my home turf next month as well. And then we're going up to like right outside Boston and then we're doing Montreal and Toronto.
1: Oh, right. I saw those Canadian dates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We yeah. we we put the, we announced it today and that's literally just like, I think Canada is awesome. I wanted to go home to Long Island and the guys in risk have been asking us to come play and they're from like Boston. Um, so didn't you know on.
1: we have beef with Canada right now? Hmm? Didn't you know we have beef with Canada right now?
2: What did I miss? Oh, the fire. They're fucking up, they're fucking up our air quality, man. Yeah, I was, that was in Canada when that happened.
1: Just <laughs> right, so I gotta imagine it's way worse in Canada. but like in here, Pennsylvania, New York, like Philadelphia, they shut down my daughter's school. Uh, it's It's just real funny how we're reacting here. It's gone now, right? The smoke's not coming here, but for last week for like two days, it was like, what the fuck Canada? this is a Dude, this I was
2: I was driving through Ontario when that happened really like, <laughs> a week ago. yeah. I was I was in the I uh, was on tour with Drain. I hopped in the van with them for a few days, and so after tied down, I hopped in with them, and we were in Toronto and then Montreal and then Boston and New York, mm-hmm. and we were like driving through on the highway going from Toronto to Montreal, and we didn't hear about it yet, but there was fucking this haze everywhere, and we got out at this rest stop, and we're like. Why does it smell like a fucking campfire? Lo <laughs> um, and behold, <laughs> well, that's that's what was going on. And then New York, like we got to New York the day after everything was like orange, mm-hmm. so we just we just missed it by a day. But who knows? I'm hoping there will be some more. We definitely have a bit of a fire going under us right now because we're excited about stuff. So, but I don't know because I think you know LPs are like unless there's a demand for it, I don't really think you should do it. And like, I, I'm not really sure what we do next. Maybe a split or, a um, or something. I don't know, but, but
1: I, I agree. Be- and I saw, I saw the CD version has the, has all the tracks on it from the last EP too. And I think that's, I think that's the way to go. Stack sure. EPs, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Easier on the ears.
1: That's right. And the time. All right, James. Thank you so much. Take boy. care. I appreciate it. there you have it that was my conversation with james of ends of sanity the song you just heard was see through you that's the second track and probably maybe the heaviest track on eligible to die their second ep sophomore ep available now on days records days puts out tons of good shit another label that i have a hard time keeping up with Uh, They just seem to sneak their releases out there. They don't care about release days, release dates. They just drop them when they feel like them. I respect it, but it frustrates me because I can't keep up. Uh, Anyway, I should get From Within or Days on here or both for a label spotlight uh, episode. I would like to do that. Just saying that out loud so I remember. Anyway, I want to thank James for his time and conversation. I want to thank you for listening if you've made it this far. I want to encourage you all to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there. If you listen to the end of the other episode that came out this week, you'll hear I'm a little slow with the news updates this week. I'm trying. Covering for someone at work. Got summer camp runs to make in the morning and afternoon. So a lot busier than, than usual, but we'll keep things moving on the podcast, on the website, everywhere that things happen. Still doing two episodes a week. So I think that's pretty good. But that will be it for this episode of the podcast. I'm gonna end it with a track from Fixed View. They're a hardcore band out of Jacksonville, Florida. Duval, I believe is something they say. Anyway, not them specifically, but people from that area. They love their county. It's a county, right? Okay, I don't know. Uh anyway, Fixed View is a cool hardcore band from down there in Jacksonville. They've got a new uh EP. Well no, they called it a promo, promo 2023 it just came out on restricted airspace records three tracks and this one i'm going to play you is called stolen liberty it's from promo 2023 i just told you that restricted airspace records jacksonville florida fixed view thank you for listening (laughs) bye-bye